Welcome to Powering SMB, the premier podcast by Zentegra One. We're here to turbocharge your journey through the realms of business strategies, emerging technologies, and the secret sauce of customer experience. Stay tuned as we decode the complexities, celebrate the milestones, and equip you with the tools, inspiration, and cutting-edge insights to skyrocket your business dreams. This is Powering SMB. Right. It looks like we're live. This is Sean Washington and Mark Vincent with Powered the SMB. Afternoon, Sean. How you doing, man? Doing good. Doing good. So we were asked to pick a subject uh, for this particular discussion, and um, I wanted to focus on zero trust. So ZTNA, zero trust network access, not to be confused with network architecture. So um, we have a blog picked out from Fortinet that was actually published in 2002. Not super old, but when you actually do a Google 2000, search. 2022, my friend. If it was oh, published bad. in 2002, that would be really old. Yeah, I don't think they were having <laughs> these conversations back then, huh? No, definitely not. But yeah, yeah, yeah so, it's 2022, which is still a year back, but uh, I think very relevant. It's it's definitely relevant. Uh, these are the kind of conversations we have. Um, just for a little perspective, we are the division of Zentegra that specifically works with small and medium-sized businesses. So we are constantly working with um, groups that need our help. So they generally are coming to us for expertise, and they don't wouldn't have the guidance to figure out what any of this would be. So uh, we are aligning these new technologies and best practices with their specific requirements as businesses, whether that might be best practices for security or specific compliance requirements, et cetera, et cetera. So um, a type of conversation that we have every day. The specific uh, blog that we're talking about today is from Fortinet. It says, why multi-factor authentication, universal ZTNA and zero trust matter. So as I was saying, it was published originally in 2022. If you do a Google search, this is one of the top um, one of the top blogs that will pop up. Yeah, specifically about the the term ZTNA, and that that term is being used a lot out there. I think a lot of folks don't necessarily understand what that means. Yeah, and and the reason this was relevant to me is I I just worked with a client who came to us. They were an existing Fortinet um, user, so they used Fortinet for their firewalls. They were also an Okta provider. And out of the six or 700 employees that they had, they had 30 to 40, um, actually maybe it was about 100 that worked remote. And they wanted to unify their policies uh, for client server applications through Okta. So this was actually the product that uh, that worked for them. So that's exactly what we're discussing. So I think it's topical. So you're ready to jump in? Sure, sure. Cool. Um, how do you want to start? I mean, I, we can talk through this, but I think to give people an overview maybe of what ZTNA is and how does that fit into the existing sort of environment that folks have. And then we can talk about MFA as well, because the two do go hand in hand. And a lot of folks necessarily don't understand what the difference is. Um, they're, they're kind of... Um, again, work very closely together, but yet there are some subtle differences. And 
that's probably where people get um, maybe a little maybe a little more guidance in that area. Yeah, and it's it's very confusing. Um, so this is Sean. I am the sales guy, and I will play the role of the ignorant sales guy today. And Mark will be kind of a uh, subject matter, maybe not expert, but uh, yeah, let's not specialist, <laughs> but someone who deals with this kind of thing quite often. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Um, so we'll kind of do a quick summary. Um, in the article, Fortinet is referencing a, a, a report that they did. Malicious cyber actors are experimenting with new attack vectors, blah, blah, blah. Uh, the takeaway is that cyber criminals are showing no sign of slowing down. There's an increase in volume in a variety of attacks. That means there's no better time to examine your existing security controls. They adopt a zero trust security model, which is more important than ever for organizations to reduce their risk and strengthen their security posture. Multi-factor authentication and universal zero trust network access are two of the most useful technologies organizations can adopt to start integrating zero trust principles. So that is like uh, basically their summary of why they're having this conversation, um, which is pretty much you know what we're talking about. What the heck is this? So perfect segue. So what is zero trust? So zero Mark, trust. Yeah, you want? I can go with this. Sure. You can go for it, or maybe I can read what they're telling us first, and then we, we can elaborate on it from there. All right, go ahead. All right, to paraphrase. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what is zero trust? Organizations of all sizes are adopting zero trust as a corporate security strategy to enable digital acceleration, support remote hybrid work, and reduce risk. A zero trust security model assumes that anything or anyone trying to connect to your network is a potential threat, so every user must be verified before permission is granted to access critical resources. This verification applies regardless of whether the user is trying to access those resources remotely or is already within the network perimeter, helping to ensure a higher security posture for organizations with a hybrid workforce in particular. Zero trust Network access takes the principle of zero trust and applies them to application access. Its per session controls mean that users and devices are authenticated and monitored every time they seek to access an application, closing security gaps that can arise from things like unattended devices. So there well we said. go. We don't need to talk anymore. We, we've, we've got our answers. <laughs> our job here is done. <laughs> I think it's I think that's a great way of explaining it, but maybe taking that down uh, or actually up a level is probably something I think most folks need to understand if they don't deal with this day to day. Right. Yeah. Let's let's talk about how a normal uh, unsecured type of customer would work today. Right. Uh, if you go to a uh, application, you're probably going to have to put in your username and password. That could be on your network. That could be um, like a, a SaaS app, let's say like Salesforce or Office 365. Um, generally, you're going to put in your username and password, you're going to gain access. Um, over the last, let's say a year, two years now, most of these companies, these SaaS providers are starting to kindly ask. Some are actually forcing at this point the requirement of putting in an MFA meaning that you have to put in your username and password, and then you have to be authenticated with a 
an additional device that says, hey, here's an additional password that only lives on your cell phone or a fob, some other way of, of giving you a third way to prove you are who you say you are. Uh, not all applications networks are supporting this yet or have are forcing people to implement this at this point, but that's really um, where the world needs to be going. Reason why you would do that, right, is that in a lot of um, un, un, uh, environments that haven't implemented this level of security, they're ripe for things like phishing, right, or uh, corporate um, attacks on on companies where they're they're stealing usernames and passwords in mass. You know, if you don't have MFA turned on. If you don't have a third party way of being able to only also uh, authenticate versus a username and password, anybody could use your username and password anywhere at any time and access your data. Uh, what a scary thought that is, you know, and it's 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 prevalent. It happens all the time. That's the gateway into getting into a person's network and running things like, you know, uh, crypto or something and then and then encrypting the entire um, you know, your data set and and setting up yourself for a ransomware type of attack. Um, MFA is has been generally been pushed out on quite a few applications and people think, oh, well, that's great. You know, I've logged into my network using my MFA code. Well, now I'm set. Once I'm logged in, I can use this app or that app or this app and I'm fine. Well, that's not necessarily true, right? ZTNA takes this sort of concept of, of the way MFA works and applies it down to the application level. And even more importantly, the session level. So say you're in Salesforce, you know, you're, you're logged in, you've put in your code, um, you've put in your MFA code, that session is protected. If someone else puts in the same code somewhere else, they would still need that same information. Having the ability to keep track of specific sessions is sort of the, underpinning of how ZTNA is more powerful, right? It looks at every application in every session. So we're, we're validating that you are who you say you are. We're also validating that at this point in time, you're at this location. So network service providers that are providing ZTNA services like Fortinet are looking at other things too, like where are you accessing this latest one from? Is this really you? Um, having every application fall within having a ZTNA strategy is great because they not only are you controlling access, but you're also controlling things uh, in addition to that. You're, you're, you're watching where people are coming from, um, where they're connecting from. It's, if, if you have a good MFA strategy, you're halfway there. Um, ZTNA just takes it to another level that way. Now, is it specifically work for people that are remote? Or is this a policy that would make sense for folks that are on a network inside an office? It 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 should work for everything, right? Whether you're on premise, you're working remotely, regardless, you're going to want to implement this everywhere. And it will work when it's implemented. It will work regardless of your location. That's one of the values of of this kind of proposition as well. Is once it's implemented, it doesn't matter where you're coming from. Uh, you have you're covered regardless of your location. You don't need to be on a corporate network. Uh, what's even better is you don't even need a VPN anymore, right? It kind of eliminates the need for a lot of this sort of thing. Yeah, and in the instance that I mentioned with the specific client, 
Um, so we're Fortinet partners. Um, this client was using Fortinet and they were using the free VPN clients. Uh, if they wanted this functionality to be able to integrate ZTNA, then you pay for the upgrade. Um, so this was an additional feature. It's not very expensive, but um, it enabled them to do this. So it's specifically from the perspective of a network technology, being able to facilitate a remote connection back to their corporate network. Yep. And once you tie all of that in, it also, from a security standpoint, gives you visibility into exactly what people are doing uh, when they're working and what applications they're running and when they've authenticated where they're at. Critical for maintaining security is to have all those pieces in place. Okay, perfect. Thank you, Mark. Should Try. we continue reading this? Go for it. All right. It might be a little redundant because we kind of went over a lot of this, but this, this part mentions multi-factor authentication, the foundation of ZTNA. So multi-factor authentication is the foundation of new access controls and monitoring solutions like ZTNA and should be table stakes for all organizations across public and private sectors. It's ideal for providing a more secure way of ensuring the only that only um, on, excuse me that only authorized users gain access to the network resources they need and is especially crucial in today's work from home uh, work from anywhere environment. Um, so yeah, exactly what we just kind of said, because it basically poses the question that I asked you was, is this good for only remote workers or is it good for everybody? But it's essentially a way to unify a policy of best practices and streamlining connectivity to right. all data, all applications. Right. And you think of how many different silos a modern company has of data, right? You might have your QuickBooks data up with Intuit. You might have your office applications up in uh you know um office 365 and your data for those office applications may live in onedrive you know um you could have a payroll software you could have uh, you know a million there could this, this runs the gamut there's so many SaaS applications for every type of uh, application you can think of nowadays there's a lot of data that's sprawled out there how do you protect that data and make sure that only people that really should have access do have access and how easy is it not to be impersonated by implementing a strategy using ztna you don't have to worry about that as long as you can um, integrate those applications within your ztna plan you can set policies per application on what people are able to access and, and what kind of security rules you want to put in place for that access. It's very powerful. Excellent. So then it goes into MFA. For many organizations, MFA is a must have. And I'll probably comment here right now. I don't think we have a single client that isn't using MFA. If they are, they're probably run by 70 plus year olds. And they <laughs> just, just can't learn the new technology. Well, they can't learn or they don't want to, but generally even those folks are being forced to it at this point because of things like ransomware and the ability, how easy it is that it's not when a company needs to really, I think companies nowadays need to think about not, um, you know, if you're going to be attacked, but when, and if you are, what have you done to protect yourself and your customers? And I think everybody's pretty much going down this same road. And that's exactly what it outlines in the next sentence. Um, a couple of years ago, President Biden issued Executive Order 14028, um, improving national cybersecurity. 
which outlines critical initiatives and steps that federal agencies must adopt to enhance security measures, including implementing MFA. Um, <clears throat> additionally, additionally, multiple compliance frameworks such as NIST 800-171 and PCI-DDS will require the use of MFA. And we're seeing this with every single one of our clients. Um, you know, this is people that we do traditional managed services for, where we actually are their IT department or a component of their IT department. And um, there's probably not a week that goes by where someone's not bringing us some sort of compliance framework, you know, uh, self-attestation type document or the new cybersecurity document that's coming out that's saying, you know, check every box that applies and we'll dictate your premium here. So yeah. um, we understand that things are changing and the small business really needs to be more accountable for best practices because there really has never been an authority for them unless they've been beholden to some level of regulatory compliance, which for most small, medium-sized businesses is not common. Um, so uh, FTC, um, CMMC, things like that, like these kind of newer guidelines are being pushed down and honestly some of our clients have never even heard of these things and it's their businesses so yes clearly mfa is paramount in this conversation yep starting with an mfa uh on on everything you can get your hands on is, is definitely the start what makes um ztna somewhat different in that respect is it ties in with your SSO provider. So if you have an SSO provider, let's say Microsoft as an example, right? Or Duo, you're going to be able to um, consolidate those um, different applications, different access means into a central solution that allows you to authenticate who you are without having to have 50 different million codes as well which is something that, you know, as much as I love, love MFA, um, having SSO plus MFA plus CTNA is really the holy grail of all of this. Give me one device that's going to act as my third party, um, sort of um, smart guy in the room that tells me I am who I say I am, and also on the top of it, my biometrically or some other method also take that authentication to a whole nother level and allow me to do that for multiple uh, applications through the same singular use of one app. Uh, Okta, Microsoft, anybody who's an SSO provider, that is really the reason why you want to think about implementing this because if you did them individually, you'd have a million codes for a million different applications. You got a lot of sprawl and a lot of stuff that you have to think about in that respect, if you have a central place where you can put all your applications together, set a policy for each one of these on how often or what triggers that uh, question back from the application saying, hey, are you who you say you are, um, makes that whole process way, way simpler for the end user. And at the end of the day, you want to have a really good security, but you also want a really good user experience. And I think that ZTNA kind of takes MFA and and dresses it up, puts a little lipstick on that pig or something. I don't know how you say it, but it makes it a little better uh, of, a, of a solution, a little bit easier to manage, a little bit easier for the end user to deal with. You know, when we, we talk about how we market, generally we like to pitch a solution. 
So when we come to our clients, they may have four or five challenges that they may not even be aware of because they're kind of behind the times on, you know, following best practices or keeping up with the latest trends. Uh, clearly in 2002, this wasn't conversation anywhere, right? So um, one thing we stress is we, we like to build solutions around the digital workspace, whether that's through VDI or an enterprise browser or some kind of a tool that can integrate ZTNA, um, your application delivery or virtual desktop delivery. Um, and then also kind of organize single sign-on for easy onboarding, offboarding, and managing all these different systems. So that's that's a conversation that we have quite frequently, and we are kind of creating a culture of that's kind of what our business delivers. Is this digital works a secure digital workspace? Uh, so this is clearly a component of that. Absolutely, and what makes it cool is that if you have a digital workspace, uh, you're by default, if you're doing it right, you're reducing the attack surface, right? That someone can get you with, right? If we control very granularly what our end users connect to, how they connect to make sure that they are who they say they are. Um, and also in, in some ways, like you said, we do a lot of EUC, so end user computing. We push a lot of that, what would be considered a desktop application into the cloud and allow it to run up there where we have very tight controls over that experience, it makes it more and more difficult for a hacker to get in and do anything because we have controls at every step of the way to prevent that. Um, you know, I think adding ZTNA on top of that only makes things even better. Once you're inside, let's say, that virtual desktop environment, that um, EUC environment, VDI, when you're even accessing SaaS apps, you're still taking that a step further and saying, hey, I know I'm inside the network. I've gained this far. I'm inside here working. But now I need to go to a cloud provider to grab some data. We still want to make sure, even in this situation, that that person is who they say they are. It's literally the first part, the Z and ZT, right? Zero <laughs> trust. We trust no one. And you shouldn't trust anyone. That's the beauty of this. If you have it set up right, every transaction that happens within that environment is controlled and looked at to protect both you and your data and your customer's data. That's really what's important here. And, and if you do it right, you can do it in a way that isn't very obtrusive. You don't really feel like you're having to jump through a bunch of extra hoops to do it. Yeah, I would really say is, you know, we use this uh, internally through Citrix and uh, yeah. very, very nicely streamlined where we can just pick our apps and we're good to go. Um, I'd, I'd like to comment that, you know, if you're running everything, this, what I like to call modern IT, when you are full identity management and single sign-on and this digital workspace, that you're also um, helping, I don't think you can control this 100%, but shadow IT, you know, like uh, if it, it allows control for SaaS applications at a very high level from a system admin experience so they can actually dictate who has what instead of people just going out and adding something onto their computer. But that's a bigger conversation. Well, it's, what's what's really compelling about that, too, is let's say you have the bad Apple, Apple in your environment, right? You have somebody that's leaving the company. Um, you're kind of a little bit wishy-washy about 
what their intentions may be on the way out. Having a network that's designed with these kinds of controls in place allows you to offboard somebody with one click, right? If everything is built on SSO, there's one throat to choke as far as the administration of this thing. I need to let go of Johnny because he didn't do something right. No problem. We can go in and remove that one account will affect everything that that user touched if it's implemented correctly. That's that's the really the big the big beauty here too. Not only are you making it easier for the end user to do their job and you're doing it securely, but in the off chance that you need to let someone go too for whatever reason, um, it also guarantees and gives the business owner a peace of mind that hey, I'm going to shut off uh, that account in one location and by default the way that it's built it kills the access across the board for that. that yes, Mr. Business Owner, this is why you're paying extra for all these licenses. <laughs> yeah, but it's it's money well spent. What is what is the cost of, you know, a data breach? What happens yep. if this user takes my data and gives it away? What happens if, you know, I have a user that's not particularly bright and falls for phishing, uh, gets themselves set up and, you know, in an inadvertently causes a ransomware or a crypto attack on us. I mean, that sure. these are all things that we see people dealing with all of the time. Well, you know how many times I've seen uh, sales guys leave from one company, go to a competitor and just take the whole CRM with them? Yep. I mean, it that happens. is a huge, huge scenario that a lot of people deal with, right? Intellectual property. If I'm you know, working in an environment where I'm building something that's high tech and and secretive the last thing i want to do is 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 allow those people that are working on these projects an easy way to exfiltrate data out that's not good um so yeah implementing a zero trust network again solves for a lot of these type of scenarios cool so let's let's continue reading we're still talking about the foundation of ztna uh continuing on from the blog here all sectors benefit from combining MFA, multi-factor authentication, with zero-trust strategy, regardless of whether they're required to do so due to compliance frameworks or federal mandates. The healthcare industry, specifically telehealth, is a prime example. Many health organizations shifted to offering telehealth visits because of the pandemic. Uh, but to achieve this, these organizations were forced to revamp their security efforts to support the secure newly remote users and patients. Implementing ZTNA strategy for telehealth workers that included MFA has been a foundation of keeping critical data like patients' personal information secure. And it's funny, I know these practices have been in place forever, but when COVID started, it's when you first really started hearing about them. Um, you know, like everyone's going to work home overnight and all of a sudden you have to create you're going to need new technologies and enforce new types of policies that were never thought about in the past so like people say it was the quickest adoption for digital transformation in the history of the world also probably the the, the new gold rush for hackers right oh, yeah. because for every customer that implemented or tried to implement this correctly from day one there were a million customers that did not right Guys that had to, to be forced into thinking about how to work remotely, didn't have the experience, didn't have the uh, technical chops to necessarily know what they needed. So they just implemented whatever they could. I, I feel like COVID, remote work, ransomware, all of this stuff 
if you really were to look back at the time frame in the last few years, it's 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 like the two go hand in hand. You know, you've you, you opened your network up because you had to. And at that point, the hackers are just sitting there going, great. Now I just need to get onto someone's PC and I'm going to have keys of the kingdom inside of I've, those environments. And that's why we really have worked towards trying to, you know, um, secure that and secure it in a way to prove identity. Because if you don't know that who's actually accessing your systems, uh, could be anybody, right? And uh, I would also kind of say from just experience in the market, you know, people are always saying that um, hackers don't really go after the small guys. It's just yes, not worth do. their time. Right, right. But I can also tell you that most businesses under 100 users are not running proper uh, controls from a cybersecurity perspective. It's not even close. They either aren't educated on it or they don't even want to hear about the additional costs that are associated with it. Agreed. And yeah, you know, we see it all the time, right? We're, we're the SMB division of Zintegra. We see small businesses forever. We've been doing this for 20 plus years. You know, the guy who owns the small, you know, break a tire shop down the street. Uh, let's think about that. Like he, he might have 25 or 30 employees. He's got an accounting package. He might have some email, something basic couple servers to maybe hold his data, you know, for his, his business, but he's not, he's thinking about other things. It's not his priority to be an IT person. Yeah. He, he is more concerned about running his business day to day. Um, with all of these new type of, of pressures being put on small business, you really do need to think about, you know, bringing in someone to help you at least navigate the waters to get yourself set up the right way. Because if you don't, yeah, these are the people that are, more prone to be. It's not that they're a huge attack target for, you know, a state sponsored, <laughs> you know, hacking campaign per se. But if you think that that's the only kind of hacking that's going on in the world, oh boy, I could tell you that you are unfortunately way mistaken. Uh, <laughs> small businesses get attacked by this kind of thing all the time. The only difference is, is the ransom bounty is usually less. And, um, I'd say nine times out of 10, even if you pay the ransom a lot of times, these guys aren't going to unlock your data anyways. They're just going to take your money and run. It's just, it's unfortunate, but it's true. Yeah. Um, Do they have any obligation to actually be honest, huh? No, I mean, who trusts the pirate, <laughs> right? I mean, <laughs> if you think about it, really, right? Uh, there's no there's no upside for a lot of these people to do anything positive for you. Uh, once they have your money, they're just going to go a lot of times. It's it's unfortunate. Maybe you find a, a a hacker with a good soul once in a while, but I think those are few and far between. Yes, yes, the ethical hacker, right? Yeah. Good luck with that. <laughs> so continuing on this, um, <clears throat> the benefits of using multi-factor. We've kind of been over this, but I'm going to read it anyway. Organizational benefits of multi-factor authentication: increased protection against breaches. Security breaches often mean loss of resources like data, time, and money. Multi-factor helps protect these valuable assets by ensuring only authorized users have access. Uh, next bullet is a safer remote work environment. With the move to uh, work from anywhere, employees are logging into their work devices at home, on the road, and anywhere in between. MFA gives them gives your employees access to the systems and the data they need while implementing appropriate security guardrails. And the last one is defense in depth. 
Multi-factor authentication adds another layer of security to your organization, providing enhanced protection against potential breaches. So kind of things we've pretty much all covered. Um, I don't know if you have any more comments on that. Not really. I think that the gist I'd like people to get out of this particular podcast today is if you're not using MFA or you don't have ZTNA or at least a thought about ZTNA, now is the time to really, really have a hard evaluation about what you're doing. Uh, as a bare minimum, I think you need to have MFA on everything. You really do, right? Um, because if, if you don't, you're just opening yourself up for attack. Uh, and you won't even know it's coming, unfortunately, because you have no controls in place to say, hey, the, my username and password are mine. They're only mine. There's no way that these ever got out. Well, that's just not, this is not the reality of the situation anymore. If you have MFA in, in, in enabled and you're using it, at least you can, without a doubt, say, hey, you know, my username, my password, and my physical device is, is validating I am who I say I am. And only I can access this with these pieces. If you don't have all three, you're, you're, you're no good to go, right? Um, ZTNA, if, if you have a very complex network where you've got a ton of applications, some in the cloud, some local networks that you need to access, all these different things, tying MFA to an SSO, single sign-on for those who don't know what that means, um, sort of puts the bow on it. it. It makes it simplified, makes it easy. You can access multiple applications from one type of app, third-party application on your phone and protects your data in general. It's worth looking into. I know Fortinet has a guide. If you search up, um, what's it, zero trust access for dummies, just put that in Google. It's gonna come up. It's a dummies book that Fortinet helped uh, write about ZTNA that explains this at a very high level, which, you know, even myself, I appreciate um, learning when it's brought to me in easy digestible chunks, right? Give me the overview, let me understand the concept, and then as I grasp and understand what I'm talking about, let me then go into a little bit further detail as I have that level of understanding. Dummies books are great that way. They start off at 100,000 foot, and by the time you're done, you're a lot of times at like 25,000. You've, you've got a good working knowledge of how things should work and, how, and what to ask and, and what to look for. So I would highly recommend if, if you're interested in this type of topic and you haven't spent any time with it, go to Fortinet and download the book. I mean, what do you got to lose? A uh, little time in reading? I never heard anybody. <laughs> um, and certainly if you need help implementing a solution like that, uh, I might know a guy or a whole bunch of guys over at Zintegra and Zintegra One that can uh, help with that as well. That's my, yeah, uh, that's my sales pitch. Thank you, <laughs> Pretty Mark. good, not for a non-salesperson. <laughs> and I wanted to maybe put things in perspective. Um, MFA is probably being implemented by most people. My, we know Microsoft has pretty much made it mandatory today. Yes, yes. Most um, those people mean are trying to protect them from themselves. Definitely. Those mean all their other tools. And there's certainly, you know, the small business is not generally embracing a, um, a platform to manage everything singularly. But... You know, the reason they're not is they don't have the experience. They don't have the time and money to invest into doing all this research and determining what is right. But I can tell you at the enterprise level, they are hiring guys and creating whole new departments, um, you know, like a, a director of identity management for IT. 
who yep. specifically works on just this or has the whole team that works on just this. Um, clearly, they'd be some sort of a liaison between, you know, enterprise infrastructure and also cybersecurity, which they probably have other departments doing the exact same things there or, you know, um, you know, paramount security. So, yeah, it's just one of those things where we have to, you know, empower our clients to understand what makes modern IT what it is. Right. And more importantly, from our perspective, right? Last time I checked, this particular podcast is called Powering SMB, right? Yep. The little guy. We're here for the little guy. Uh, little guy's not going to have a gigantic department of these people to figure all this crap out, right? You need guys that can help explain it to you. And that's hopefully what we're helping do today. As is, uh, if, if you can take anything away from this podcast today, uh, one, you got to get MFA. If you don't have MFA set up, that's step one. Start getting a lot of MFA, you want to start thinking about SSO, single sign-on. So tying all these different accounts to a singular username and password with MFA, right? And then maybe one step further is the whole ZTNA strategy of uh, not only looking at, I'm looking at applications, I'm looking at sessions, I'm looking at the bigger picture here. Having a ZTNA framework kind of puts that all together in a nice bow and makes your life easier to deal. And, and that's something that we can help people with. Um, if you have questions about that, feel free to reach out. I mean, that's um, the most important thing you can do in my mind for your business today when it comes to IT is making it secure. Yeah, um, there's, not one, else, there's not just one answer for everything. There's there is a, a consultative type of look where to evaluate your business and make a determination on, you know, one of the 500 different vendors and solutions that are out there make sense for you. Yep. For every industry, they have their specific apps and making sure that we keep track of, you know, what an employee does with their day is is probably the most important thing. Hey, I'm going to use six or seven different apps today. Okay. Well, that's great. Let's make sure that those six or seven apps, if we can, are tied to a single username, password, and a third-party token using MFA. That's the beauty of ZTNA. Um, go out and get it set it up make it happen you know protect your business that's the important thing right on well i think that's it that's today's powering smb well, thank you guys for tuning in and uh yep. we'll look forward to the next one yep thank you guys and uh hope you guys have a good one out there and we'll we'll see you next time